I uh, want to draw your attention to 1 Chronicles chapter 12 tonight. 1 Chronicles chapter 12. I'll get there in a moment. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians 9 as, as well. It's a beautiful week so far. I hope you enjoyed um, your time with friends and family yesterday. I know Karen and I just, uh, we breathed yesterday a little bit and we're able to, to spend some time together without packing or unpacking or getting ready for the next day and dreading the Atlanta traffic and the airport. And so I didn't know what to do. So there's no telling what you're going to get tonight from me. So we're thrilled. We're thrilled. The Holy Ghost presence of Jesus so strong on Sunday, was it not? My goodness. Um, You know, the Bible says that they went out and preached and then he confirmed the word with signs. Confirmed the word with signs. And and we saw that Sunday morning, Sunday night. It was a beautiful, beautiful, powerful expression of the kingdom. And it's been that way for the last few weeks, months, really. And uh, we anticipate that to continue this coming Sunday night as well. I want to uh, pray for a precious couple. You guys come on up here, if you will. Uh, Paula Joe, if you'll uh, get me a washcloth. I want them to share their story. And then I'm going to ask a few of you uh, women to gather around her. Uh, they live in Cumming, North Cumming, is that right? No, Cumming, uh, XC13 down the 400. Okay, that's way down there. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> Not too far. Glad that you came. Glad this is your place. Tell me about what's going on inside of her right now. So uh, we we came to the church uh, Tuesday night a couple of times for the Bible B study group as, as a parents. But so there's a one week, uh, Brother John and uh, Sister Lisa, there's a special kind of getting into the world of baptism just for the Bible B parents. So we got in that, that week. And then the following week, we, we find out she's pregnant. And, and we, we, we've been praying for uh, our third child for a while. And, and when we got in world, world we, we didn't expect that. We, we were asking, praying for other things. But then that was really a, a nice surprise. Um, but, but we want to ask for a prayer for her. It's like this week, uh, we went to doctor for the blood work. Her uh, HCG number uh, wasn't doubling as the doctor expected. So they were worried about the either a miscarriage or epitopic pregnancy. And so they asked us to come back for additional blood work and the next Monday for ultrasound to kind of confirm. So... We want to, uh, God give us peace so we don't believe the lies from enemies. Okay, so we want to pray. So I want to make sure that you, you came up here for the Bible, um, the, the spelling bee, Bible bee, uh, with a group of homeschool parents, right? And then you guys got in the water on a Tuesday night? Right. They said that week is like a special, special baptism just for the Bible bee parents and the kids, so. We are, we, are, we are God in water on that particular Tuesday night. Did the Lord touch you? <laughs> yeah. Well, initially, we, I didn't feel, feel much, but, but, but that, that news, and then after the following week, that was really a surprise to us. Yeah, so. 
Thank you. You had him, you wanted him to tell why? Is that, yeah. No, well, because um, uh, it, it's been like six years since our, like, two, the, the other two children, and, and then she's uh, 42. That's what we, we've been trying for a while for, for our third child. And she's worried, but, you know, so that's really a surprise. Okay. Let me have young mothers um, come right quick. If you have a child um, that's relatively young, I want you to come. And then if you're a grandparent, I want you to come. I know that's kind of a broad. Yeah, Lee, where are you? She's here coming. Okay. And so young, young mothers and grandparents. So I'll let you fight with whatever's young. I mean, Lord. Okay. All right. We're going to pray. Y'all pray for her. Yeah. Paula Joe. Yeah. Lay that. Come on, man. Let's everybody else stand to your feet. Let's just pray. This is, this is a, going to be a good report. We're going to have a good report. Come on, let's pray in the spirit right now. Come on, pray. Oh, we bless her. We bless her. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Come on, just about another one more, one more minute. Let's go. Let's pray. Come on, church. Let's pray. We bless your Lord, 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 we bless your Lord. About another 10 seconds, come on. Oh, we love you, we love you, we love you, we love you. Come on, let's give him praise right now. Let's thank him for the for all the numbers coming back. Normal in the name of Jesus. No miscarriage at all in the name of Jesus. Thank you, ladies. Thank you so, so, so much. For those of you that don't know, um, for over a year now, we've been trying to purchase and replace all of our sound equipment and speakers and things of that nature. Um, we ordered it a year and a half ago, and now it's here. So we... That's what is going to be going on on Wednesday nights. They're coming in and working all week long to redo the wiring. Uh, that's already been done in a great deal. 
but uh, replacing our speakers are 20 years old, I think it is. And so sometimes they buzz, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't work. They've been reworked, refurbished to the point where we can't even, I don't know if we can find parts for them anymore. So we decided we may need some new speakers and sound systems. So that's coming in. That's one thing that will be going on. Uh, our cameras that we have uh, are not your typical, uh, you know, run a couple of hours cameras. You know, they run for sometimes 10 to 12 hours uh, on a Sunday, nonstop, counting Sunday morning, then a little break. And then sometimes our services on Sunday night start at 6 and run to midnight. So that's six hours. Back in the day, we were running to 5 o'clock in the morning, all the cameras working. And so obviously you burn through those things pretty quickly. So we're getting brand new cameras, I think six or seven of those that are coming in that are uh, 5K, 4K, highest quality uh, that we can afford and purchase. You know what I'm saying? So it's not, it's not NBC quality type of cameras, but it's, you, you understand. So those things are coming in. Uh, we're finding more and more people as we travel that they are, uh, the North Georgia Revivals, their lifeline in many cases. This is how they connect. I'll never forget, uh, where's Debbie? Where's Debbie? Debbie, where are you? You're in the room somewhere. When we started doing some dramas here when we first came, we were recorded from one handheld camera. Miss Debbie, where are you, Debbie? Yeah, Debbie Flynn, where are you? She was here just a minute ago. Okay, yeah, Debbie, you held your camera up here and video recorded everything, you know, on a one camera. So when there was a speaker over here, she went over here and she went over here. It was horrible. She did amazing. And we just believed God. Lord, we need to capture some of these dramas that we're doing so people could be saved. Well, Rudy and Sandy, so I think $30,000 in, and I don't mean to embarrass them, but they said, here's a gift, go buy cameras. And I think we bought three cameras and have used them. How long ago was that, Sandy? 10 years, 10, 10 years, 10 years. Now, we've replaced some cameras, but basically, I think some of the cameras, I don't know, 10 years old. So you can imagine what we're capturing on 10-year-old cameras, the difference that it's going to make. Now, not all of them are 10 years. I think we only bought three. Now, we have five or six that we have roaming around because we need to. But the Lord's good. I just wanted to let you know. So when you walk in here on a complete, everything's being changed, everything, you know, uh, speaker-wise is being changed. All right. I, wanna, I want you to look at first... Chronicles chapter 12 tonight, I, I, I do have something that I feel that the Lord's laid upon my heart. Uh, don't forget Sunday night, Matt Scott will be here Sunday night, can't wait, cannot wait for him to come and, and to preach. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be beautiful. Um, look at verse 23 of second, uh, excuse me, first Chronicles 12. Now these were the numbers of the divisions that were equipped for war. I want you to I want you to take your pen if you do have one with you, and I want you to underline the words war, equipped for war. Anything around war, I want you to, to highlight it and to underscore it, if you will. It says, here are the numbers of the divisions that were equipped for war and came to David at Hebron to turn over the kingdom of Saul to him according to the word of the Lord. Of the sons of Judah bearing shield and spear, 6,800 armed for war. There it is again. Of the sons of Simeon, mighty men of valor, fit for war. Armed for war and fit for war. 7,100. 
of the sons of Levi, 4,600. Jehoiadai, the leader of the Aaronites, and with him, 3,700. Zadok, a young man, a valiant warrior. And from his house, father's house, 22 captains of the sons of Benjamin, relatives of Saul, 3,000. Until then, the greatest part of them had remained loyal to the house of Saul. Of the sons of Ephraim, 20,800 mighty men of valor, famous men throughout their father's house, of the half-tribe of Manasseh, 18,000, who were designated by the name to come and to make David king. Of the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. Their chiefs were 200, and all their brethren were at their command of Zebulun. There were 50,000 who went out to battle. There it is again, experts in war with all weapons of war. Stout-hearted men who could keep ranks. Of Natali, 1,000 captains, and with them 37,000 with shield and spear of the Danites who could keep battle formation. Do you see what's happening here? Keep battle formation. Verse 33, stout-hearted men who could keep rank. 35, keep battle formation. 28,600 of Asher, those who could go out to war. Again, able to keep battle formation. Verse 30, all these men of war who could keep ranks. Now, if the Bible says it one time, it's important. If it says it twice, I think we probably really need to make note of that. If it says it three times, I think we really probably need to, uh, you know, take a picture of it. If it says it four times in a matter of about 20 verses, then I think we need to understand what the Lord is trying to say, that ranking formation is important. Would you agree? There was a war that took place with Julius Caesar, or Caesar, I should say, um, and he fought the Gauls, G-A-U-L-S. There were 80 to 100,000 men against 20,000. And as history um, records, the 20,000 men were able to outmaneuver and to defeat the 100,000. And here's, here's what uh, Caesar said. Caesar said, my men were trained for war and knew how to keep battle formation. They knew how to guard their flank. They knew how to remain still, listen for orders. And they reverted back to their training. He said the 80 to 100,000 enemies that they faced were very proudful and negligent. They had weapons of war, but did not keep formation. And history reveals it's not always the largest that wins the battle. It's the best trained and those who know how to follow orders. And, and, I, and I, I say this tonight, and I'm reading this text, not for a church issue, okay, but for a personal um, development advancement issue for you Amen. 
for you and your family, okay? So I'm not talking about battle formation at church, okay? You know, everybody keep rank. I'm talking, I'm going to deal with something completely different. I'm, I, I, wanna, I want you to understand that the enemy is out to get you. He is out to get all of us. And there are various ways it manifests in our lives. And it is imperative that you and I understand that we are in a struggle and in a, not only a, a, we're in a physical battle sometimes because it involves our flesh, but we are in a spiritual war um, in our lives, our homes, our church, and our community. Who would agree with me on that? Okay, so, so I, I want to talk about that for just a moment. I want to talk about the power of discipline. And because when things get wonky in your life, we move toward our instincts. And you and I have instincts, both natural and spiritual instincts. Now, when somebody's ugly to me and ugly to you, I, I have an instinct to, to retaliate. Don't you? Or to, if they're short with me, I'm going to be short with them. If, if they're disrespectful, my instinct's to be disrespectful, right? Now, I'm not, am I the only one that feels that way sometimes? I mean, you know, and, and so, so there is this, there's my flesh instinct, and then there's the spirit man instinct. And I, and I ashamedly have to tell you that sometimes my flesh is a whole lot stronger than my spirit, or I let it be, right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? All right. All right, okay, so um, when the bullets begin to fly and there is this fog of war that, that soldiers talk about, that when they are in the heat of the battle, that confusion can set in um, very quickly and you can rely on some not-so-reliable instincts. But the soldiers, I'm told, that revert back to not in a reactionary mode, but revert back to their training are the ones that live for the longest. You know what I'm saying? They're able to go, all right, I know, I don't even know where I am. I'm completely disoriented. My ears are ringing. What do I do in the middle of the battle? Now, I'm not minimizing the trauma and all the pain that, are, that many soldiers, even in this room, have endured. So this is nowhere in comparison, but I do want to make the comparison that some of us are in a fog right now. And you're, you're struggling. You're being attacked in multiple ways. Physically, emotionally, financially, relationally, you're confused. I want, to, I want to talk to you about the power of discipline in these seasons. Can we do that right now? Let's talk about that. Okay. Now, now uh, I, want to, I, I, want to, I want you to understand that discipline is not a dirty word. Okay. Discipline is not anti-grace. All right. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because there's a portion, very small portion, I think, in the body of Christ that really neglects anything that has to do with effort. Okay, they, you know, like, you don't need to do anything. Christ has done it all. 
So just be you. Well, I, me being me is dangerous. Okay, I, I mean, it, it makes me feel good, honestly, but me being me is dangerous. You know, they want me to rest in the finished work of Jesus. I rest in the finished work of Jesus. But I also know that I can impede and circumvent the work of Jesus by sometimes doing nothing. I love what, you know, Dallas Willard um, said one time is, and, and let me find it on my, on my notes because this is such a powerful statement and I hope I, I, I wrote, it, um, uh, wrote it down and I can't find it. Here it is. Yeah. Some will say that discipline sounds like works. This is what Dallas Dallas Willard said, and they will say grace is not, this is what he says, grace is not opposed to effort. Grace is opposed to earning. Grace is not opposed to effort. Grace is opposed to earning. In other words, I've got to behave a certain way to earn God's favor. I've got to behave a certain way to earn eternal life. By grace are we saved. But grace, now watch this, it's so powerful, is not opposed to effort. It is opposed to earning. Okay, does that make sense to us? So let's talk about the power of discipline. All right. Um, again, discipline's not a dirty word. If at any point in the history of the church we need to be disciplined, it is now. Disciples... Is basically means disciplined, disciplined ones that are um, people of method, people of, um, of of ritual. Let me and I know that sounds awful. Uh, discipline means I can push away, I can pull back, I can walk away, I can walk toward, I can face that. I can come against that. Discipline allows you to see circumstances in their totality and you revert back to your inner man by the Spirit of the Lord and you say, and you muster up enough flesh to say, I know what must be done in this moment. I know what has to be done in this moment. It's with every area of our life. Come on now, talk to me. So you have to conquer habits. Habits reveal the true heart of an individual and the depth of their discipline. Do you hear me? During spiritual battle, now write this down. I want you to write it down. Please write this down. You must have a heart that is soft that remains pliable. Broken and contrite. I'm going to give it to you a couple times, okay? You must have a heart that is soft, pliable, broken and contrite, but your mind and body must be hardened, fixed, immovable, and like steel. I 
I'm separating, guys, your body right now in your makeup. There's your body, soul, and spirit, right? When you walk through a crisis, your, your heart, you, the spirit side of you, the spiritual side of you needs to remain pliable, broken, contrite, humble, uh, changeable, flesh. You understand what I'm saying? Um, tender. Because not all crises are from the devil. Not every problem you face comes from the pit and is on divine assignment to bring destruction to you and your family. Some things happen to us just because life happens, right? Some things happen to us because of bad choices. Some, some things happen to us because of other choices. People that make bad choices that affect, about, that affect us, okay? That's outside of your control, all right? Somebody runs into you, T-bones you, all right? That's out of your control, all right? It may not have been from the pit of hell. It may have been they were texting and driving and didn't pay attention, and it just happened. Okay, now, during crises, during fog, during battle, during issues, now listen, my heart cannot get corrupted. Your heart can't get corrupted. It's easy to get corrupted. Question God, doubt others, okay? Question others. You know, distrust others. Comparison happens, and so your heart can get corrupted. During a crisis, you have to maintain this broken, contrite, pliable, moldable, fashionable heart. Easier said than done, right? Yes. But on the other hand, my mind... Mm, has to become cold. Not to the things of the Spirit, but closed to any other voice that tries to speak to me contrary to what I know that the Word of God says. It, now, now think about this, guys. Again, it, it has to become... Like steel. Do you hear what I'm saying? Okay. Hardened. Not toward God. But hardened. Immovable. Toward the voices, feelings, and emotions that are no, that are contrary to the purpose and plan of God for my life. I'm going to say it again. During spiritual battle, you, your heart must become soft and pliable, remain pliable, broken and contrite before the Lord. But my mind and my body has to be hard and fixed, still like immovable and cold. I am dead to that thought. That will not attach itself to me. This is against everything that my trainer has trained me to think. Yes. This is against everything that I hear from the Spirit of the Lord as I read the Word of God. So it attaches 
And as soon as it attaches, it finds no soft soil. It, 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 it finds fallow ground. It just cannot take root in me. Okay, is this helping anybody or am I just talking? I, all right. I feel like I'm helping myself. I don't know. Sometimes, bless your heart, you just get to hear it like I'm hearing it. Okay? This is where the Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy uh, um, to, to the young prodigy, Timothy, the preacher, you know, he was, he was pastoring an, an, explosing, uh, an explosion, explos, explosive church, a large church in Ephesus. So he, this young guy's pastoring this church, and he's telling him, he says, all right, Timothy, I want you to know I fought the good fight. I finished the race, and I kept the faith. Now think about this. I fought... And I did not quit. I finished the race. And I did not backslide. I kept the faith. Do you hear me? And guys, it's very important that we know that you're going to have to fight. God wants you to finish. And quitting is not an option. You're going to have a fight or two or three. God wants you to finish the race, and quitting is not an option. This is, this is why discipline, when, when the enemy talks to you, you're unworthy. You're being bypassed, overlooked. It's not authentic. It's not working for you. You're better than them. They're hypocritical. They get in the water constantly. Why don't they get their act together? And here you are, you're doing right, and now you have problem after problem after problem. And it's easy to have a self-soaking pity party, right? And, and, then, you, and then you start listening to voices, and you start hearing the, the, the voices of the enemy telling you, you were better off before. You didn't have these problems until... When you started serving God, your whole world fell apart. So if you just pulled back, if you just relaxed, if you just kind of withdrew a little bit, you're going to be just fine. So you have to grab a hold, all right? My heart is broken, contrite before the Lord, soft, tender, pliable. But the but my mind and my body has to be cold to those voices. And the only thing, because it'll be constant, it won't be one voice, it won't be one attack, it won't be one day. It, he looks for the open door. He looks for the vulnerability. He looks for that soft area of your life and he'll go and he'll wedge his foot in there and will constantly talk to you until... Touch somebody and say, you got to be cold-hearted. Now, not toward one another. Y'all know what I'm saying. You're not toward one another. All right? Not toward one another at all. Because we got to be loving and kind and, and, you know, and forgiving. But toward the devil, Jesus said, when the devil came after me, he found nothing in me. He said, that was closed. There's nothing he could latch onto. But all of this, all of this... Because the season that comes to us, it's in the good times that we make, 
we get our training a lot of times. It, it, okay, it, it, it's, in, it's in the times of blessing and prosperity that we're hearing all the good things, but it's in the time of war that they get tested. It's in the time of war that they get tested. Now, let me tell you about the enemy. Do you know that the enemy is like special forces? Let me explain that. The devil has not created more devils. He doesn't have the power to create. Only God does. God's the creator. Okay. The enemy is a small battling unit. I mean, they are a set number of them. Now, some of them are already in the pit. They're terrified of being sent to the pit. They told Jesus, have you come to torment us before our time? So if anything, their number has dwindled. But think about this. Two thirds are with God still angels, and one-third is released upon the world. Do you understand? So the enemy is smaller, but seems to be more effective. What do we talk about most? The devil. The devil's doing this. The devil's doing that. The devil's, you know what I'm saying? And it seems that this smaller unit has become more effective, and I'm going to give you the reason why. Because of discipline. The enemy is not what we have had betrayed to us by Hollywood. That they're all just scampering around, uh, disorganized, um, totally in disarray. Your Bible paints a picture of the demonic realm as a very disciplined realm. Now, they're all liars. Okay. But there's nothing worse than a very worried, um, <laughs> nothing to lose army. They're disciplined because each knows their assignment and they stay on it. Let me give you an example. When Jesus confronted in Mark chapter 5, go there. Can you go there for a moment? Just a few more minutes. Jesus touched, uh, uh, came in contact with the man with all these devils. Matthew, Mark. It's also in Matthew 8, but we'll go to Mark. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Verse 1 and following. So Jesus departs from the region of Tyre and Sidon, and then um, um, he talks about um, going from there and, and healing someone, and then he comes to, or is it Mark 5? Did I say Mark 8? It's Mark 5. Yeah, Mark 5. Um, it says in verse 1 through um, 3, that he was an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. Do you see that? No one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. All right, then, verse 5, always night and day in, in, uh, in the dark and, in, and um, in the tombs. 
Verse 6, when Jesus saw from afar, when he saw, he ran and worshiped him and he cried out with a loud voice and said, what have I to do to you? What am I to do with you? Jesus said, Jesus, son of the most high, I implore you by God that you do not torment me. Now watch this, very important. Jesus said, come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then Jesus asked him, what's your name? And he answered, my name is Legion for we are many. Okay, now this Legion can be Karen, give me a, a figure of over 5,000 to 6,000 demons in one body. Notice, there's only one voice. One voice. Now, if you get Christians around a demon person, everybody talks. Is it not true? That's true. Yeah. Everybody's got something to say to that one demon that's treed up in there. Yeah. Say that. And everybody's touching them. Yeah. Okay? Now, let me, let me encourage you on this. I'm not saying that's wrong at all. But I am saying that the devil understands authority. That's good. Yes. When there is a demon that manifests whether it's one or multiple layers of demons, one of the first things that a devil looks for is who's in charge. He wants to know who is the authority. That is why, and I think Pastor Sherry does an exquisite job on this, that when there is someone that's demonized in the waters at our altars, we, we prefer not to have multiple voices speaking to that individual. But we all know rank. What's my role when a devil manifests? Who's my spiritual covering tonight? Who's in charge of the water tonight? Who's the lead individual in the water tonight? You see what I'm saying? And so, therefore we take a secondary seat, second chair, even though we may have more training, more, we understand authority more. We understand uh, how to get people delivered. Okay, that, that may be true, but in this moment, in the beginning, you're not leading. Now, what the devil wants is to get you and you talking at the same time, and therefore, he doesn't have to do anything. He's going to sit down like a grandchild. That's so good. That's so good. Or a child. Y'all know how it is. Go ask your mother. What did your mother say? You know what I'm saying? And so a child's confused and keeps looking for the weak link. Well, mama said I can go. So now what's the deal? You're mad at mama because you said no. And I'm not being overly uh, 
strong on this issue tonight, but I'm just, I'm telling you, I've watched this. I've watched it over, not here, but in other places, because you guys do amazing, that that enemy, the devil looks for one thing, because he understands authority. There are 5,000 demons. Listen, come on up here and stand up with me, Susie. Let's just say this, this body, can you imagine the chaos inside of her that's going on where she could take chains and rip them apart? She takes stones or iron or whatever it is that they had back in the day and cut themselves. She's cutting herself. They couldn't contain her. They couldn't, they couldn't put them in a cage. He'd break through the enormous strength of 5,000 plus demons in there. But when Jesus walked up, one, yes. vo- one voice, yes. one voice, just, thank you, Susie, just one voice. Why am I saying this? The, the reason the devil is so effective, it's not because demons are running everywhere wreaking havoc. They are literally understanding authority and they know roles. And they are limited. They are limited. Now, I don't know how many there are. There's a lot, I'm sure, but they're limited. They're limited. One voice. Do you see that? Just one voice. Just one voice. Now, the reason I say this as well, Proverbs, I mean, Ephesians 6, turn there quickly. My time's up. Ephesians 6, I'll pick up next week on this because I think it's... uh, some some solid food for us anyway. Amen. Ephesians 6. Now, now let me go back to the water. So this is how it works. Let's say you are really well trained in deliverance and, and casting out devils. There will be a moment in the exchange where you can make eye contact with the lead. And then that's when you say, hey, I've got something. Can I speak it? Or can I, can I step in and begin to minister? And I know every person that has been lead in the water, we know it's not our show. And so then we, we go, absolutely, right? Do you hear what I'm saying? And, and so I know that that's what would happen with Chase if, 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 if you know, Bailey was working beside you and said, hey, I think I've got something. And, as, and you go, absolutely. Then now you take the secondary road. And then now your prayer support for her. Then the Lord may give you something out and then and, and say, honey, I got something. You know what I'm saying? And then you step back in. Because the devil's going to go, I mean, like if you're in a room and, and you're speaking to me and then you have something and you're speaking, I'm, I'm going to pay attention. Amen. But if both of you are speaking to me, is like, I'm here in Charlie Brown. Yeah. I don't have to do anything. Then it becomes a screaming and yelling match. That's exactly right. All right, Ephesians 6, quickly. Uh, I'll close with this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the what? Karen does a great job teaching on the wiles of the devil. What that means, we do not wrestle with flesh and blood, but against what? All right, principalities. So here's the hierarchical, um, you know, Uh, stepping, um, I should say, chain of command in the demonic realm. There are principalities. Now, 
principalities, and then it says powers and rulers, see rulers, of the darkness of this age. And then spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. So guys, watch this. And I, and, and I, need, I need greater understanding in this area too, but I think sometimes it's unfolding. Uh, there are hosts, spiritual hosts over regions that govern particular uh, segments of the world, constantly keeping it in turmoil, in strife. The Middle East, Pakistan, Afghanistan. You hear what I'm saying? Keeping that constantly stirred up. Then there may be a host of wickedness over Canada, over the Midwest, over the southern portion of the United States, over the Northeast, Mexico, all right? My deal is not them. I wrestle with them, but I do not do hand-to-hand combat with them. The way I deal with principalities and powers, I don't poke the nest prematurely. Now, this is me. I don't go looking for a devil. I know in the name of Jesus, I know the blood of Jesus, but I don't want to waste my time on a rabbit hunt with the devil. Okay, so I'm going to be about the Father's business. That's what we're going to be about, the Father's business. We're going to do what he says, practice what he wants us to practice. You know what I'm saying? Teach what he wants us to teach. Do North Georgia revival. And when that host of wickedness steps into our domain, when that host of wickedness wants to stir us up for some reason, he's got our attention and we're going to deal with that. On top of that, in Jesus' prayer in Matthew 6, he never addresses the dark realm. He addresses the kingdom of God. And he says, this is how I want you to pray. Now, not that it's that he never mentioned that, but in his Lord's prayer, he, he said, this is how I want you to pray. And so we pray the way I wrestled, you wrestle, I believe, and we've been taught. The way we wrestle with these hosts of wickedness, uh, hosts of wickedness in the heavenly realms is that we expand the kingdom. And by our expansion, we nudge them out of their authority. We literally displace them, dislodge them, evict them over our area. By doing kingdom. Not spending five hours trying to find out the name of the principality over Dawsonville. And I'm sure there is one. But our focus is the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom, God's kingdom. And if he reveals to us who we need to pray against, then we will. But we're not going to chase something that could forever put us on a proverbial rabbit hunt. Okay, does that help you? Not anti that. I'm just telling you, our focus is kingdom. Now, this thing over Dawsonville High School is still prevalent. Still prevalent, but we're loosening it. Amen. I go to Atlanta and I can't breathe well. It's heavy. And I don't just say that to be said. When I go to Atlanta, it's a different realm of spirit. It is dark. Karen and I um, 
had to go downtown the other day and it was so awful. Awful. And we weren't even looking for awful. Awful was just there. It was just thick. And, and, but as soon as you come up 400 and you go past Alpharetta, you begin to breathe a little bit easier. You come, come into coming, it's a little bit lighter. Thank God for Freedom Tabernacle holding the, the light and the torch down there. Amen. And, and, but when you come into Dawsonville, once you pass the, 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 the naughty box on the side and the spirit and wine thing, it open, the heavens open up. You know what I'm saying? It opens up. It opens up. It's, it's easy. I, I know we're in a rural area, and we got to make sure, as Dr. Lairdon says, that we don't, we don't let this stuff come in without a fight. And the way we're going to fight it is by kingdom. All right, stand your feet all across the room. Stand your feet. I got to, I got to let you go. All right. Okay, guys, I want this to be, I want it to be rich to you tonight, okay? Your body hard, but your heart soft. Closed and open, closed and open. Closed and open. Say it. Closed and open. Again, closed and open. Lord, please continue to teach us as we're learning. We want to be taught your ways. We want to learn from others as well, Lord. We're trying to figure it all out. Give us greater glory. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us to be unified. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. And everyone walking through a battle, oh God, rain down upon them now. Help them to not quit, to finish. To not take their hand off the plow. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you guys for being here tonight. Prayer Saturday night at six o'clock. Don't miss that. Uh, Come and be with us. Thank you.